like I have like 15 announcements I need to make. Um, first, first kids' parents, grade school kids' parents, tonight, first kids is heading to the YMCA for a special Sunday evening. You need to drop your kids off at the YMCA anytime after 5. Pickup, however, will be at the FCC building the usual time of 7 p.m. Today is also the Angel Tree Breakfast, so if you get out of here right at 11.30, go eat some pancakes at the Methodist Church and support a great cause. Tonight is the community Thanksgiving service at the Nazarene Church at 6 o'clock. Here's the reality. When we host a community service, we have huge church participation. When we don't host it, it's embarrassing, quite honestly. So I would love for you to come out tonight. I'm going to be there. You're invited to join me. It's an hour. We do community with brothers and sisters in Christ from all the various Kama churches in our community, 6 o'clock Nazarene Church. Tuesday night, Samuel has put together an awesome all-church prayer and Thanksgiving gathering in the Family Life Center at 6.30 p.m., one hour, and it is going to be a blessing. And then two weeks from today, two important things you need to know. First of all, second service begins at 10.45, not 10.30, starting two weeks from today. That's order to, in order to stretch our Bible school time to an hour. And then also on December 6th is our biannual congregational meeting for the purpose of affirming the 2016 Ministry Action Plan. And if you want a copy of the Ministry Action Plan, it's available at the Welcome Center and will be in your bulletin next week. Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, grab a pew Bible. I think it's page 960 in your pew Bible. I don't have one in front of me, but I think that is right. We are considering um, week 5 of our journey through the Sermon on the Mount. And we've talked about the Beatitudes and what's it mean to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We looked at Jesus' perspective on the Old Testament. What do we do with the Old Testament, the law and the prophets? Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish them, I came to fulfill them. That, that's a radical statement by Jesus. We tackled that a couple weeks ago. Last week we looked at this idea of what is model spirituality? What is ideal spirituality? And how does that play out in giving and in prayer, and in fasting, and in forgiveness. And I just want to say to Samuel, great job last week with our service. I love so much the, the way our service ended with the emphasis on forgiveness, and, and what do I need to let go of, what do we need to let go of. Next week, Adam's preaching, and we're going to look at um, how do we do what we do. Jesus said in verse 12 of chapter 7, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This sums up the law and the prophets, and Adam's going to tackle that and then finally, two weeks from today, um, it's difficult to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's tough to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's why Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate. That's why Jesus said, build your house on the rock. But today, we're looking at this balance between the things of heaven and the stuff of earth. And if there was one word that really is kind of a focusing word for this message today, it's that word ambition. Ambition. And so my question for you is this. What are your greatest ambitions in life? And if you like the person you're sitting next to, I want you to spend some time talking with them about what are your greatest ambitions in life. Ready, get set, go. What are your greatest ambitions in life? Talk out loud. It's okay. And if you're sitting by yourself, don't talk out loud. Just think to yourself. Or you can talk out loud if you want to. It's a safe zone. Greatest ambitions in life. Okay, enough talking. Good job. I'm glad you had that discussion. I asked first service to do that, and they just look at me like I have two noses. So you guys are so much better at following directions. I love, don't tell first service that though. Let's just keep that between us. Here's the bottom line. I don't know what your answer is or your answers are. 
Um, I, I don't need to know what your answers are, but here's what I do know. Your answers tell a lot about your faith. See, if all that you were discussing had nothing to do with the kingdom, had nothing to do with Christianity, had nothing to do about being a Christ follower, Jesus would say, you need to wake up. Jesus would say, you need to have an ambition, check. And so the big idea this morning is this, Jesus in this passage of scripture calls us to kingdom ambitions. Some of the greatest single verse teachings that Jesus ever shared are in this passage of scripture today. There's at least three that everyone in here should memorize. You ought to be able to rattle it off, and I'll get to those in just a minute. But here's the problem. Unfortunately, competing ambitions get in the way. And so we go to church, and we read Jesus, and we say, I want to have a kingdom ambition, and I want to be a Christ follower, and I want to make a difference in His name. And then we go home, and competing ambitions smack us in the face. And it's a wake-up call. And so today, we're only tackling two kingdom ambitions. There's a ton of kingdom ambitions. But in our passage of Scripture today, Jesus gives us two. One is greed, the other is worry. And if greed gets the best of us, or worry gets the best of us, it's hard to really have a kingdom ambition. So let's see what Jesus had to say, starting off with this idea of greed. How do we overcome greed? Matthew 6, beginning with verse 19. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves. Treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and he'll despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And the issue should be obvious. Earthly treasure, money and material possessions, is a powerful force. Earthly treasure is a powerful force. If you're not careful, the pursuit for earthly treasure will absolutely kill you, spiritually speaking. It'll destroy you. It'll do you in. You won't be able to be the follower of Jesus that you're called to be if if we don't guard carefully against this pursuit of earthly treasure. Now, am I saying we can't have cars? I'm not saying that. Am I saying we all quit our jobs? Please don't do that. Am I saying we can't have a house? Of course not. But Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And earthly treasure, this desire for more and more and more, greed, it's a powerful, powerful force. How is it a powerful force? Here's how it's a powerful force. It blinds us to the problem of greed. And really, that's soft-selling it, what's on the screen right now. It's really not a problem. It's really a sin. The Bible talks about the sin of greed. It's where you just can't get enough. And 
the reason that we say that it's a problem or it's an issue, but it's not a sin, is because I've never met someone that came to me and said, I suffer from the sin of greed. That's never happened. I've never had someone sit down and say, Pastor, I am struggling with the sin of greed. Now, I've had people talk about the sin of lust. I've had people talk about the, the sin of hate. I had a lot of people come in and say, I've got to talk sin with you. Never one time has someone said, I really struggle with the sin of greed. And here's why. Greed is always someone else's problem. It's never our issue. It's never our deal. Because it blinds us to reality from a kingdom perspective. Now, why is greed a big deal? It's a big deal because it promises what it cannot deliver. It promises significance, and it promises security. Just be honest with yourself. How many of you have found yourself thinking, if I just made more money, or if I just had a better house, or if I just had a better car, or if I just fill in the blank, and you think, I'd be much happier. My life would be much more fulfilled. I read this week about some of the wealthiest people in the world the last 50 years. I'm not talking about millionaires. I'm talking about billionaires. And when you start talking about all that they had and they owned and the land and the buildings, I mean, you're just thinking, wow, that's got to be a happy person, right? Wow, that's got to be a fulfilled person, right? Not so much. Many would describe their lives as miserable, discouraging, unfulfilled. Because earthly treasure, money, material possessions, will never give you ultimate significance or ultimate security. And that's why Jesus in, in Luke chapter 12 said, watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. So what's the Jesus solution? What's Jesus have for us this morning in this whole idea of greed, this whole idea of an unhealthy pursuit of earthly treasure? Number one, he says, invest in heaven, not in earth. That's number one. Invest in heaven, not in earth. Verse 21 is one of those verses everyone in here should memorize. You ought to be able to just rattle it off. Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So let me ask you, are you investing in heaven? Are you rolling up your sleeves and saying, this is a kingdom priority for my life and for my family, family's life? What's that look like? Well, I'm going to give you some examples. In your bulletin today, you have an insert about grab and go. And Marcia, at the end of our service, is going to talk about grab and go. And for some of us, that's a way that on December 12th, we can practice investing in heaven, not in earth. For some of us, it's cleaning out our closets. How many of you have a shirt in your closet that you have not worn this calendar year? I have a whole bunch, and that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing because there's people that need a shirt in our community. And for some of us, it's serving. For some of us, it's saying, I'm not really comfortable in that context, but I'm going to be uncomfortable because I'm going to invest in heaven, not in earth. What about your family? Think about your family for a moment. On October 10, we hosted the mobile food pantry here in our parking lot. About 155 people came out, something along those lines. And one of the things that was so cool that day for me is two of our families did that day in terms of service 
as a family. The Hickman family, the Kaufman family, there are probably more that I'm forgetting about, but they were all here. Mom, dad, kids, the whole kit and caboodle were here serving side by side. There are a lot of other things they could have done on a Saturday morning. My guess is there were leaves to rake, there was grass to cut, there were chores to do, and they said today, on this day, we're going to invest in heaven, not in earth. What, what about this Thursday? Thanksgiving Day. Is there room for one more at your table? See, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. I get to have Thanksgiving lunch today about 1 o'clock, and then I get to turn around and have Thanksgiving lunch again on Thursday about 1 o'clock. It's awesome. I love turkey. I love dressing. I love mashed potatoes. But there's some people that showed up at church today. They're not looking forward to this Thursday because it's the first Thanksgiving since. I don't even have to fill in the blank. They're dreading this Thursday. They're dreading next month on the 25th. And maybe one way that we could invest in heaven, not in earth, is reach out to the hurting, to the hopeless, to the discouraged, and say, this year on Thanksgiving, you're not spending it by yourself. You're coming to my house. We're going to share some turkey together. We're going to watch the Bears upset the Packers. It's going to be an awesome awesome day invest in heaven not in earth secondly secondly stay on task serve god not money or material possessions serve god not money jesus said it like this and it can't be any more clear you cannot serve two masters you just can't do it you cannot serve both god and money this is not a plea to sell all of our stuff and not have money that's not what this is about But he says, if you're serving money, if money drives you, if you can never have enough, if it's always about getting more and more and more and more, you are serving money. So let me give you a couple of ways quickly this morning that we can practice this idea of serving God, not money. Angel tree adoptions. We've almost filled all of our angel tree adoptions. That's awesome. Some of us have never adopted a child. We're not sure where the money might come from. Stretch yourself. Test yourself. Maybe give up eating out a couple times in the next six weeks and make a difference for a child in need. What about Barbo Donahue? What about the Coke ministry? They have needs to help bring Christmas to Africa for for literally people that have nothing at all. And I don't have the the little shopping catalog with me, but Leslie Gavush, Susan Klein, Becky Glenn, these ladies could could help your family uh, serve God, not money, in that way. Several years ago, one of our families, who will go unnamed, did a really cool thing. Instead of giving Christmas gifts to all kinds of people, and instead of giving Christmas gifts at the level that they did with one another, they pooled all that money together. And they said, we want to buy a well to help a family in need overseas. I remember getting a little letter from them saying, you need to know you're not getting the gift card today or this year like like we normally would. Because we're investing in heaven. We're serving God. It's awesome. And so stretch yourself. Stretch your family. Don't settle for the same thing year after year after year. We are so blessed and we can make a difference. And when we do that, when we say, my treasure's in heaven, when we say, I'm serving God, not money, we're looking at that struggle with greed, that sin of greed, and we're smacking it right in the face. And we're saying, not this year, not my house, 
not 2015. Well, there's a second competing ambition. And it it may seem like something totally different from, from this first competing ambition of greed, but I think it's more closely connected than we realize, and it's the, the competing ambition of worry. Anybody here ever worried? Every hand should go up right now, because we all worry. It's part of who we are. But Jesus said, if you worry, you are missing the mark. Here's what he said, beginning with verse 25. He said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food, the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What's the issue? The issue is worry, and worry has been described by some as temporary atheism or spiritual amnesia. Think about that for just a moment. Temporary atheism or spiritual amnesia amnesia. My guess is most of us probably worried about something this week. Some of us worried about something today before we even came to church. And yet the imperative, it's a command from Jesus three different times in this passage of scripture, do not worry. See, when we worry, it causes us to take our eyes off Jesus. And I don't know about you, I need my eyes on Jesus. I can get really distracted in this world. I can get really distracted by the stuff of this world. And when we take our eyes off Jesus, worry can begin to creep in. Why is that? Because worry causes us to focus inward instead of heavenward. It causes us to focus on me, my stuff, my things, my deal, my problems, and not focus on what really matters. And so again, Jesus gives us a solution. It's the Jesus solution to worry. And one is this, look around and count your blessings. Count your blessings. Could you make a list of 25 things or 25 people that you're blessed by? Could you do that? I bet everybody in here could do that if you tried. We have an example of that in the scriptures, and it's Romans chapter 16, the very last chapter of the book of Romans, and most of us, man, we just skip it. We love chapter 3, and all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, and we love chapter 6, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We love chapter 12, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, and then we just kind of stop reading. We just kind of give up, and Romans chapter 16 seems like just one of those boring lists in the Bible. Paul talking about all these people. It's his Thanksgiving list. 
It's the people he's most thankful for. And a lot of those names that appear there, it's the only time they appear in the Bible. I couldn't even tell you what most of them meant to Paul. But here's the point. He was counting his blessings. And so you want a family exercise? You can do it on Thursday. You can do it today. You can do it every day this week. Take time as a family to count your blessings. Take time to say, thank you, Lord, for, and, and you list someone. Or you list something. Or you look back on the year. And you try to chart and mark the way God has blessed you and your family this year. Tuesday night. Come out Tuesday night. And for an hour, we're going to pray and we're going to give thanks to an awesome God who's blessed us this year. What's the second part of the Jesus solution? It's this, seek the kingdom first. He didn't just say seek the kingdom. He said seek the kingdom first. Verse 33 is another one of those verses we need to memorize. Man, we need to know it. We ought to be able to rattle it off, not just at church on Sunday morning, but at the basketball game on Friday night, in the break room on Monday afternoon. We've got to know it. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So how, how do we put that into play? Well, let me just say this. If you don't give financially at all, start giving financially. You may say, how much? That, that's your call. But just stretch yourself. And if you give somewhat regularly, but you've never committed to tithe, take God at his word. Start tithing. Malachi chapter 3 says, put God to the test. What about service? Some of us, we hear all the time about that every member ministry thing. And we've never said, here I am. Stretch yourself. Plug in. Serve in the name of the Lord. What about reading the Bible? I've had a lot of people say, I love to read the Bible, but I don't know where to start. Start with Proverbs. Read a proverb a day, a chapter a day. You'll be blessed. Or if you read the Bible some, but you're not in a regular Bible reading routine, consider doing what many of us did a couple years ago, 90 days through the Bible. They actually have 90-day Bibles. It's a lot of Bible reading. It really stretches you. And when you do that, you're seeking first the kingdom. One other thing that everyone can do, and I'm not very good at this, that is begin to look at the issues of the world with kingdom lenses. In early 2016, we're going to take eight weeks, and we're going to tackle eight issues facing not just the church, but facing the world today, and how as Christians should we look at these issues. And for many of us, that's going to be a hard sermon series. For some of us, we're going to be tempted to take those eight weeks off because we know where we stand on the abortion issue. And no preacher is going to tell me what to believe. Or we know where we stand on the marriage issue. And you're not going to change me. I know where I stand on Syrian refugees. I've been on Facebook. I've seen all the reports. And no preacher is going to tell me what I need to believe. And the point is this, I'm not going to tell you what you need to believe. But I am going to challenge you to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And say, God, as a follower of Jesus, how should I look at immigration? How should I look at Syrian refugees? How should I look at politics? How should I look at issues that face us today? When we do that, 
when we seek first his kingdom and we say, God, I'm going to take you at your word and trust you on all this other stuff, we're embracing a kingdom ambition. And so the bottom line for this week, I can make it really simple. This could stay with you all week long. Jesus calls us to store and to seek. Store up treasures in heaven and seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's our challenge. Let's do it. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And thank you for the opportunity to to gather, to worship, to be encouraged by your word. And it's my prayer that we will live strong in our faith. That we will be people who take seriously the challenges from your son Jesus. That we'll understand that where our treasure is, there our heart is also. That we'll understand that we can't serve God in money. We'll understand that we're called to seek first your kingdom. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. It is a commitment time as it is every week here at our church.